we're going to talk now about the about the London game yesterday. Uh, it was a really, really good game. The Giants getting the victory over the Packers. A really, you know, fantastic performance uh, on, on the defense column from the from the Giants at the end of that game. More so as well. Daniel Jones in late in the third, early in the fourth, a couple of really, really good drives. Saquon had a big burst as well. Um, is it fair to say that the Packers offensively were? You know, and that's not that's not in the, like the, the Giants had a very very good performance. I have, I have to give it to him; they were they were excellent. But Aaron Rodgers to stand at the podium yesterday and try and defend some of the plays that they made, some of the calls that were made on third and two, is it fourth and two as well towards the end? And um, I think I think the offense it just hasn't clicked. And you thought at one point in the first half that they were going to maybe fire away or blow away, and I I don't think you'd be blamed for thinking like that. But the Giants, to be fair, didn't come back in second half and. And beat the Packers, and what seemed like a Packers home game at the start suddenly turned into a home game. Met life, Brian Dable, shouting, screaming, really, really good game, great atmosphere, great people, great crack in the airport as well last night. But uh, has London peaked? Come, do you think that's it? In terms of because it's a full set, I I just find it hard to see how we're ever going to get a game with as much je ne sais quoi. Well, who who knows? I mean, obviously, look, the Packers coming over, their second team to do it, the last team to come across, Aaron Rodgers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But who who knows? Uh, given the way in which the NFL is going, we might see uh, reigning NFL Super Bowl champions at some point. So it's tough to know if it's peak, but certainly, obviously, the the reaction um, of Packers fans, the no- number of them there was very impressive yesterday but in terms of the game um and what happened i think the giants have to be commended for that that goal line stand at the end right because they didn't they were they were smart in terms of what they did they they didn't yeah they let the edge guys try to to get and the the safety tried to get to aaron Rodgers, but the interior guys just looked to get their hands up to block the pass and that they, they managed to to bat the, the two of them down so there, there weren't guys you know going playing hero ball trying to um get their name in lights and i think that's a testament to what brian dable is doing there <laughs> front runner for coach of the year at the moment look we're through five weeks who knows uh, where it'll end but uh, i saw lauren steins uh, tweeting earlier um highlighting the fact that the the adjustments and we saw that yesterday the adjustments that the Giants make in the second half so the Giants been outscored 51 to 36 in the first half in the second half though they have outscored opponents 70 to 39 and the fourth quarter they've outscored their opponents 34 to 15 so that's a that's a really strong um you know, sign of a team. I, I, they are. You know, um, who knows what the rest of the season will hold? And look, right now, they are certainly greater than the sum of their parts. Uh, you see, some of the guys who've had to, to step up, and it was talked about um, at the yesterday at the podium, the guys who've who've had to come in. But it's a testament to to the work that the coaches are doing there. Um, and we heard that referred to time and again at the podium yesterday. Uh, the assistants, the o, the OC, the DC see um, how everyone is involved so you'd have to say that the yeah certainly I think there were a couple of times during the the first half and Mercedes Lewis's touchdown it just looks so easy but um, the Giants responded and they completely uh, shut down the the Packers in that second half and the ability to take time off the clock as well was really impressive 
Brian, it was a very memorable day for, for Giants fans, including yourself. The thing that really uh, impressed me was the offensive performance, as I said, the column there in the second half. How, how did you feel at the half? Because I, I really felt with like four or five minutes in the second that the Packers were going to pull away. Going beyond that as well, um, to have to have Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Randall Cobb, uh, to, to name a few, for a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers who got his got his way, got his big money payday for Matt Lafleur. I don't know how they can look themselves in the mirror because their offense was poor to say the least in the second half. But um, you know, defense stands up as well for the Giants. It does which does as much job as well. And you gotta question some decisions by Green Bay. But all New York had to do was go out. And I think if you go out every week and get twenty seven points, more so more so or more times more than the others, you're you're gonna have a good yeah. chance of getting the win. Yeah, you're right, Mark. Like you asked how it felt at half time. I was relieved at half time that we were only down by touchdown because essentially we didn't play for large parts of the first half. Um the game plan was was quite simple. Try and keep with this team. Like you're right, the offense hasn't been expansive for Green Bay is what we saw last year. But like when it was fourteen three, seventeen three, sorry, yeah, everybody felt the game was going to go away from the Giants, but they didn't. They held in there and they had that big significant drive. Like yeah, Collins touched on Week Martin now, so I'm going to flip it to the to the offense corner for the Giants. Uh, Kafka brought in from the Chiefs. He was a quarterback coach with Mahomes. The offense is more expansive. The, the play calling is significant. You know, we'll see more of this wildcat play. And I was looking at it this morning. And the first two drives, the Giants were 2-0. You know, they didn't even get a first down on, on both drives. After that, it was field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown. His play calling for me was to be commended. And Brian Dable, everybody assumed when he came in, he'd be the one doing the play calling. He was very open from day one saying, Kafka will call the plays on the game day. I will just oversee everything that's going on because I'm here to be the coach. And we've had this conversation, not just around the Broncos, but other teams in the league over the course of two years, that sometimes a coach is better off coaching and leave his coordinators to get on because there's too much responsibility on game day. It's great to see. And it was a common team coming through, as Colm said. Everybody consistently talking about all the background staff, all the coaching staff. It's not just about Brian Dable. Defensively, they shut him down in the second half and the only score the only score they got in the second half was the safety at the end, which was to kill time. They had one opportunity where they got into field goal range and that was the most significant play for me in the second half because that's when they sacked Rodgers for the first time. They lost out on field goal range at a, at a pivotal time in the, in the third quarter and they had to punt they had the Giants had six incomplete passes throughout the course of the entire game the Rodgers had 14 I thought some Rodgers throws were well off yesterday at times over floating the boy receivers he didn't for me have the greatest of games even in the first half he didn't for me he just doesn't he doesn't look like the guy that we're used to seeing but um, as you can imagine from a Giants fan and all the Giants fans that we saw at the end it was it, it seems like it feels like a significant moment but we've all been here with our own teams in the course of the NFL it only takes one week before you're, you're brought back down to earth but people up to now have said the Giants are 3-1 they haven't played anybody well whatever, whatever we think this Packers team are in it for the long haul this season they're still a very good side and to get out there yesterday with a win of them and, and the collaborative uh, performance put into our team bearing in mind as Colm said the players in which they haven't earned stand out in this league it's uh, it's it's a huge and for Giants fans who haven't had a lot to embrace and enjoy over the past ten years, it's probably one of the best wins we've had for quite a long time. Giants schedule very very favourable column going into the next few weeks. And um, Cowboys play the Eagles this week, so we'll round up the show now and just say Brian's picking the Cowboys uh, on the Thursday night broadcast. In all seriousness, though, column yeah, it's a it's a it's a funny time because the the, the Commanders are useless. But the rest of the NFC East have got winning records, and uh, how times can change. 
Yeah, um, and, and change very quickly. And I suppose also testament again to the parity of the, the league and everything that the league uh, tries to, to do. Um, when we were watching the, the game yesterday and Nathan Johns from the Irish Times um, was in the press box beside me and he said kind of as soon as the Giants got the ball back, um, will they maybe run, uh, go for a, a safety here? Um, and we were talking about that at the time and kind of the, the back and forth on, on that. And I saw um, a, a tweet from Gary Myers where he was uh, had a chat with Bill Parcells and Parcells uh, said he was screaming at the TV uh, for, for Dable and the coaching staff to take the, the safety. Um, so uh, when, when somebody like Bill Parcells is screaming for it and given the I suppose the end of game decisions and the clock management decisions that we've seen in the league this year uh, it proved uh, to be the the right call uh, in in the end and, and that's I think quite what's interesting when you look at it sometimes the the straightforward call is not always the the one and you know, sometimes it works in your favor, sometimes it doesn't. But given how well the, the Giants were defending, um, you know, it made a lot of sense to take more time off the clock and give uh, Rodgers uh, less time. But yeah, I mean, you'd have to say um, you you look around the, the NFC East and obviously look the the Eagles, there's, there's no obvious flaw there uh, for the Giants. They're playing incredibly well uh, for Brian Dable and for the Cowboys. Uh, we'll get to, we'll get to, to them, I think, in a little bit. But you'd have to be impressed by a team that has beaten uh, both of last year's Super Bowl teams. Um, you know, so far the, this season. Yeah, I can confirm the Cowboys are not on a quick fire discussion. Brian, just to wrap up this game, uh, Giants currently unbeaten in London as it stands for the Green Bay fans that are listening because you know we've seen I've seen so many in the airport yesterday I had mates that flew from Belfast as well said that Belfast was full of Green Bay fans I'm not obviously loads of Giants fans as well do you think Mark Murphy will want to get back quickly and experience a win or do you think that could be it for a while I think that depends on well it's going to come around the scenario when they're in the ninth team it's always going to be now you know when you have your ninth home game I think they'll be keen to come back um, <clears throat> with a Rodgers excuse me as a quarterback by the time they return it is probably a different conversation but um, I think they will be you know whilst they didn't win the game I think they will be very impressed by the, how the course of the three or four days went from in terms of the fan support all the engagement that went on and yesterday for the first half you would say it was like a home game for the, for the Packers but as the game transpired it didn't really turn out that way because there was quite a number of Giants fans there and um, Packers are always going to be a great draw like even no matter who they're playing up against um they're always going to have the fans, whether it's UK or in Europe. So I, I, I do think they'll be back sooner than the seven year, which is kind of the ruling now that you're, you go once every seven years. I think we might find the Packers back. Maybe they'll come back as their old team, as opposed to giving up a game in London. You could be retired at the time they come back. Oh, I, I'll, definitely, I'll, I'll definitely be retired. It's going to be interesting. Okay, let's let's jump on the other game. Uh, the other game we're going to talk about in this segment, folks, for this podcast is a big win for the Chargers. 30-28 against the Browns. Browns miss a final second field goal to win the game. Let's jump on it now. I don't know if it was like the 35-yard line or like the 40-yard line. Or I can't. I haven't got it on me right now. But Brandon Staley, at, was it 4th and 2? Um, went for it. And it's just funny because, um, Colm, the analytics on ESPN stated that he was right to go for it that's literally what it says on the analytics however I think we all know that he's a madman 
and it genuinely seems as if if the analytics if, if the analytics said to him go and take Justin Herbert out and put the kicker on a quarterback he'd do it maybe he's very involved in the decision making process in his job lucky for him he's playing the Broncos next week so they get over the line and he looks like the good guy because they win the game but um you would think in that situation you would just punt the ball or are you that confident in your team and, and in your offense at that point well look the the analytics would say go for it and, and that makes sense in 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 ways but the chargers have proven time and again that they don't have the personnel and, and they're they haven't been good at going for it so it's all very well if you have the the personnel to go out and do it and you're you know you're rolling and uh you're you can you know but to me the biggest issue i suppose is that they haven't been doing it and yet he keeps going for it and um that that is the the frustration i think the you know you'll see that amongst some chargers fans as, as well it kind of get out of jail free card i i did see a, a great tweet uh from big Pappy who said the chargers tried so hard to charger this but the browns browned even harder uh, and that kind of summed it up it was a get out of jail free card for uh, staley and the chargers and i can only imagine some of the decisions that we are going to see on monday night football next week He's he's the cleverest head coach in the league, Michael. I haven't I've been saying it for the last year and a half. He's... Well, you've been very, you've been very you, I mean, not not down, but you were very um, uh, critical or constructive of his decision making over the last few weeks. So I was intrigued to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, I think Brian, when you've got a, and I'll just I'll get your point here now. Yeah. I think when you got a quarterback as talented as Herbert, you want to be able to protect him and not have him on the field in that sort of, sort of situation as well. I just didn't get the play, and I'll hold my hands up. I didn't get that. Like, why would you go for it there with the clock? Believe in your defense, get the ball back. Agree with you, Michael. Absolutely. 100%. Can't argue in any way. Fort and Trey with one 13 left on their 46 yard line. He said after the game, I took the time out to watch his press conference today because I love I love how he antagonized me every week. So nothing better on a Monday than seeing Brandon Steady annoy me. I was having too good of a day. I said that someone's going to have to annoy me. So I said I went and watched the press conference. And he said he, he had all the faith in the world in his defense and they did, the, they did what was asked them and they stopped the Browns from scoring. They didn't stop the Browns from scoring. The Browns stopped themselves from scoring. They got into position to win the game and they missed the field goal. So he says that he came up and said, I trust my defence. My defence did what was expected and we won the game. No, the Browns still got an opportunity to win the game. So he's wrong there. And if he trusts his defence like he does, well then why wouldn't you punt the ball and let them start at their own 20 or whatever it is, give or take, depending on where the punt goes. So if you have that much faith in your defence, let them drive 60 yards as opposed to only having to drive 17 yards to get into field goal range. So he's wrong there. Keenan Allen tweeted after that play, WTF, what the hell are we doing? So he didn't have any faith in what the decision that was being called by his own coach, because obviously he's at home watching it because he's out injured. So look, they got away. There was three key, for me, there was three key plays in the game, three key situations. Um, the Browns had a really long drive before halftime. They missed the field goal. They're in the red zone. Jacoby Brissett chose an interception in the red zone, and then obviously the winning dick. The game-winning field goal that doesn't go over. The rookie kicker, who me and Colin were actually on top of yesterday, how impressed we've been with him, had a bad day. Um, they got away with it, um, in my opinion. Um, they may not get away with it next Monday. Um, I know we've had, again had a conversation yesterday about the, 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 the good and bad of Denver right now, but um, this game for me is a toss-up next week. I wouldn't be as confident as everybody is on this Chargers team at the moment, to be honest, especially with that head coach. 
let's see what happens. We'll talk about that uh, later on this week in our preview. If you want to get some comments in, folks, just search Irish NFL Show on YouTube. And if you're listening to the podcast, this is the end of the segment. 